Tuesday to mark the disappearance of the great Vaishnava. We sing a song written by Narakandas Thakur when Shrinivas Acharya disappeared. This is called Shaparsha Gold Vigraha Gora Vidaha Bilak. That is the lamentation due to the separation from Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and all with his associates, Shaparsha. <clears throat> I'll just read the transmission and we will sing the song. That personality who delivered the treasure of Prema Bhakti who was so intent with compassion, where is such a personality to be found as Sri Acharya Thakur, Sri Acharya? Where are the where are the saviors of the fallen souls? Where is my Swarup Damodar? And where are Rupa Goswami and Sanatana Goswami? Where is Ravana Das to be found? Where are my Raghunath Bhakta and Gopal Bhakta Goswami? Where am I to find Sri Krishna Das Kavirai's now? All at once they have gone to join Gauranga, the great dancer, to reach such a perfect personality as Lord Chaitanya. I can only break my head against the stone in the anguish of separation. They have all gone off together in their own Lila pastimes. Narottam Thakur says, unable to obtain their association, I must simply weep. Jayalilo Premo
personality of Godhead. Just as Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna, comes by the arrangement of Yogamaya, the arrangement of this personality is that of the, the arrangement of appearance and disappearance of this personality are also due to the arrangement of this divine internal potency of the Supreme Personality of God. Krishna wants that Krishna consciousness must spread. Krishna comes here to perform his pastimes and he makes arrangements for these personalities to come here, his associates to come here. Like Gaudanar Pandit came to participate in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came along with his associates, Sangha Pangastra Parsha, Sa Anga, Upa Anga, Astra and Parsha. Sa Anga means his own expansions. Upa Anga is his secondary associates. He came with a weapon, Astra. But this weapon is not his usual Astra, like disc or mess or soul or board. This Astra is a very special this weapon with which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came is the weapon of his beauty. Generally, he kills the demons with the disc or mess or bows and arrows. But here in this age, in the age of Kali, Krishna came as to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu with a very, very special astra or weapon to kill the demons or the demonic mentality of the people of this age. And that weapon is his beauty. With his beauty he is conquering everybody. Another reason why he didn't use weapon, this like disc or mess in this age, because if he did that, then practically everybody had to be annihilated. <laughs> Because everyone is so demoniac in this age. He will do that. He will do that at the end of end of Kali. When he would come as Kalki Avatar, then he will slaughter everyone. <coughs> that time his weapon will be his soul. Kalki Avatar. But this is the beginning of Kali. At the end of Kali Yuga, he will annihilate all the miscreants, all the demoniac individuals. And in Kali Yuga, practically everyone is influenced by the demoniac potencies. So he'll have to, at the end of Kali, kill everyone. And those who are pious, those who are devotees, with them he'll start his, start the strategy. But this is the beginning of Kali. So Kali Yuga had to stay, Kali Yuga had to continue. Therefore, he did not kill with weapons. He simply killed the demonic propensities. And just by seeing him, everybody, seeing his beauty, people will become attracted. 
And he has another asana, another way of That is love. With love he is killing the demons or the demons. He has another way the holy name. So in this age he uses these three weapons. Extremely deadly weapons. All the demonic propensities are immediately vanquished. His beauty, his love, and the Holy Name. So, <clears throat> Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came along with his weapon and his associates. So, saw anger, his, uh, his expansions, his own manifestation is Nityananda. His Shakti is Gadadhara. His incarnation, Bhakti incarnation is Adhikacharya. And Devachi, Pasha is Narayamuni, Shivashthakur and all the devotees. So this is how Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu in five features. In this age, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu came as Panchitattva or five features. Panchatattat Makam Krishna Bhakta Rupa Swarupam Bhaktavataram Bhaktakyam Bhaktavataram Namami Bhaktashat. So, <clears throat> these are the five features, five ways that he manifested himself. He himself came as a devotee. His incarnation, his expansion of devotee is Nityananda. His uh, incarnation is Mahavishnu that came as Adhikacha. Kadakar Pandit is Harishakti. Shrimati Radharani. Radharani expanded herself. Radharani appeared as Srila Gadadhar Pandit. And then Sri Srivastakur and Gaurabhata. Srivastakur and Gaurabhata. So this is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's special appearance in this age. So Gadadhar Pandit is his Bhakta Shakti, his Shakti, his potency has, has appeared as a devotee with God. And he himself is a combination, he himself is an unified form of he himself and his Shakti. Shakti and Shaktiman. Shaktiman is Krishna and Shakti is Srimati Radha. So, <clears throat> then when the Shakti Man and Shakti become one, that is Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. When Krishna and Radha Rani become one, that is Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Then the question arises well, Krishna appeared as Srimati Radharani and Krishna became one, and they appeared as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Then why again Radharani, you are saying that Radharani appeared? Gadadhar Pandit. 
The point in that respect is yes, Krishna assumed the mood of Srimati Radharani and appeared as Chaitanya Then Radharani considered, let me see how he plays my role. <laughs> and to watch, she appeared as Radhadhar Pandit is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's constant companion. Constant companion. He was a little younger than him. He was younger than him. But he was so fond of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that he was always with him. Always. And not only that, he was also very emotional. If Chaitanya Mahaprabhu didn't treat him properly, he would become extremely upset. And then Mahaprabhu would come and pacify him. So this is how they grew up together in the childhood. When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu went to Gaya to perform his father's Shatha ceremony, Pinta, there he took initiation from Ishwarpuri. And from then onwards, Mahaprabhu became so ecstatic in Krishna Prem that he started to behave like a mad, mad man. And he was in a very, very pathetic situation at times. Like he would cry all the time, where is Krishna? Where is Krishna? And Everyone thought that he became mad, but those who knew, they knew that he was the highest ecstatic symptom. In the mood of Srimati Radharani, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is searching for Krishna everywhere. Then one day, <clears throat> Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was lamenting like that, and he was crying and crying. Then Gadadhar Pandit told him, Nimai, why are you searching for Krishna in this? Krishna is there in your heart. And when Gadadhar Pandit said that, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, with his nails, he was trying to prise open his chest and to see Krishna in his heart. And that was another critical situation. So then Gadadhar Pandit told that, Krishna has gone away for a while, he'll come back soon, don't know. <laughs> and then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu became pacified. Sachimata noticed that and she, Sachimata became very impressed with this, with this action of Gadadhar Pandit. So <clears throat> Sachimata told that although Gadadhar is so young, Gadadhar is young, but he is so intelligent and he is so caring. So he told Gadadhar Pandit to be with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu all the time. So Gadadhar, you stay with him all the time and take care of him. So due to this order of Sachimata, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mother, <coughs> Gadadhar Pandit made it a point to be with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. <coughs> And he was with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu all the time. When, Gadar, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took sannyas and left home, 
Gadadhar Pandit went with him to Jagannath Puri. And there he thought that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu would stay there all the time. He came out to Jagannath Puri, so Mahaprabhu would stay there. So he also resolved that he also will never leave Jagannath So thinking that he uh, made a, took a vow that he would uh, take a vow of Kshetra Sanyas. Kshetra Sanyas means taking Sanyas of staying in a holy town and never to leave that place. So that's a vow. Like Sarvamu Bhattacharya also took Kshetra Sanyas. In this way, some people take Kshetra Sanyas in holy places like Jagannath Puri, Vrindavan, etc. And <clears throat> so then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu wanted to leave for Vrindavan. So Gadadhar Pandit wanted to go with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He followed him. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, no, you can't come. You have taken the vow of Chaitanya Sannyas. Gadadhar Pandit's response was, all the Sannyas and everything is just to get you. So uh, my business is to go to you, go with you, and my sannas and everything, they can go to hell. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, when you have taken a vow, you shouldn't break that vow. And Mahaprabhu insisted that Gadadhar Pandit stay back in Jagannath And saying that, and Mahaprabhu was so stern in that decision that he would meant Gadadhar so when he would <coughs> not allow Gadadha Pandit to come and he left, Gadadha Pandit fainted. And then other associates took him back to Jagannath Puri from the border of Jagannath And Gadadha Pandit stayed all along, all throughout his stay in Jagannath Puri. After Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's disappearance, it was very difficult for him to stay on in Jagannath. Actually, when Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was in Jagannath Puri, Gadadhar Pandit used to recite the Bhagavatam to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He was an extremely accomplished singer. Naturally, who is he? Srimati Radharasi. Gandharvika Devi. The personality with the master of all the fine arts, all the fine arts of pleasing Krishna. So she used to recite Srimad Bhagavatam to Chaitanya And But when <coughs> Chaitanya Mahaprabhu he left, his condition became so pathetic that he was crying all the time. And that also brings to another point that Srinivas Acharya, uh, for, who was an associate of Narottam Das Thakur, and for whose sake Narottam Das Thakur sang, wrote this song actually, who, that we sang just now. So Srinivas Acharya, he, from his childhood, he wanted to meet Chaitanya and then when he became of grown-up age, meaning maybe he was about 14 years old at that time, his parents gave him the permission to go to Jagannath. 
And on the way to Jagannath Puri, he got the news that Mahaprabhu left the planet. And he became so heartbroken getting that news that he decided to give up his body. So he gathered some wood. He was traveling, so he was in the forest. He gathered some wood and he thought that he would light a fire and he would enter in the fire and give up his body. When he would lit the fire and he was about to enter, at that time, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared to him. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu assured him, told him not to commit suicide, not to give up that body. And he assured him that he would always be in his heart. And he also suggested that he goes to Jagannath Puri and studies Srimad Bhagavatam under the tutelage of Bhagavatam. So, according to that instruction of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he went to Jagannath Puri and <coughs> he met Gadadhar Pandit and told him that he wanted to study Srimad Bhagavatam under his tutelage. Gadadhar Pandit declined. He said, Look, I can't teach you. I can't even read Srimad Whenever I open Shiman Bhagavatam, the tears just come streaming down my eyes and I can't read. Saying that he told, he gave him his Shiman Bhagavatam. Those days there was no printing, everything was just handwritten. And that also on palm leaves. So he gave that Shiman Bhagavatam to him. But what Srinivasa Thakur got, he saw that uh, the letters have been obliterated due to the tears from Gadadhar's eyes. So he was constantly crying due to Mahaprabhu's separation. And so eventually Gadadhar left the planet and went back to the spiritual sky after Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's disappearance and today is the day on this day he left this planet. Another beautiful pastime of Radha Pandit was that he always was completely absorbed in Mahaprabhu's, Mahaprabhu's association and when they were young, they used to go to the forest, uh, go to the, they used to travel together. And <clears throat> uh, one day he saw uh, a parrot, and the parrot was chanting the name of Krishna. I'm sorry, the parrot was chanting the name of Radha. And he said, no, chant the name of Krishna. And the parrot refused to. <laughs> and at the later part, Gadadhar Pandit was so, he used to worship the deity of Tota Gopinath. And Tota Gopinath, all the deities of Krishna are standing. But when you go to Tota Gopinath, you find that that deity is sitting. And 
the reason is that when Gadadhar Pandit was so uh, so weak and incapacitated that he could not really stand up and take dress the deities. So seeing that the deity sat down so that he could take care of him and do the Shingar sitting down. So this is how beautifully <coughs> the Lord reciprocated with Gadadhar Pandit. Gadadhar Pandit disappeared on this day. Shiva Bhakti Vinod Thakur also disappeared on this day. Bhakti Vinod Thakur is another amazing personality. The Sankirtan movement of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu became very much obscure practically. Soon after, just a couple of hundred years after Chaitanya Mahaprabhu disappeared. And it, it became two things disappeared after Mahaprabhu's disappearance from this planet. His dham disappeared and his teachings became obscure. Due to the all due to all kinds of unpalatable propaganda or teachings of the upper sampradayas. You see, what actually happened is when somebody wants to present something, it has a better recognition, it gets a better recognition when it is presented in somebody famous, somebody name who is famous. So that's what actually these people were doing. Some of them were Mahaprabhu's associates and they deviated. But some, they just wanted to get popular response. They just passed it as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The teachings have nothing to do with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. They are gross materialists and all. Like for just to give an example, uh, many of these teachings were based on breaking the four principles. Mahaprabhu's teachings are so pure that it is completely and most wonderfully founded on the four principles, following the four principles. But many of these upper sampradayas, uh, there are 12 prominent ones out of them. Uh, like Aul is one upper sampradaya, Baul. They are very prominent, even today, in the villages and other places in India, especially in Bengal. This has been very badly affected by Aul, Baul. And Lada, uh, Lady, the Buddhists, the group of Buddhists, they shaved their head and they also started to make their presentation in the name of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. <laughs> Lara, Lady, Lara, Lady. The men are called Laras and women are called ladies. They shaved their heads. Uh, then, <clears throat> 
सखी देखी सांप दे ड्रेसअप लाइक वीमेन सखी दे मेल बट दे ड्रेसअप इन साड़ी बिहेव लाइक वीमेन दे थिंक दिस इज हाउ दे गोइंग टू बिकम सखी ऑफ कृष्णा दे बिहेव एज इफ दे आर सखी ऑफ कृष्णा इन वृंदावन बट एक्चुअली द वे टू फॉलो कृष्णा इन वृंदावन इज फॉलो चैतन्य महाप्रभु सु संकीर्तन that is why krishna came to open the gate of vrindavan mahan chaitanya krishna considered after revealing his vrindavan pastimes brajalila that how will anyone ever enter into brajalila vrindavan pastimes and in order to make it possible for people of this age of kali he came as sri chaitanya mahaprabhu and gave the process of sankirtan I don't want to get into the details about that, but Chaitanya Charitamrita very clearly explains that in the Adi Lila third chapter, and also Bhakti Vinod Thakur in Navadik Mahatmya towards the end, uh, he is explaining Nitananda Prabhu is teaching Jiva Goswami about the purpose of Mahabhuta appearance, and he actually explained that in order to enable a living entities to enter into it. Krishna appeared as Chaitanya. So otherwise, access to Vrindavan is impossible. He makes the point this way that a devotee, a devotee will naturally serve Krishna in Bhakti Bhakti because if one doesn't follow Bhakti Bhakti, it will simply create disturbance in the society. Shruti Smriti Puranadi Pancharatra Vidhin Vina Oikanti Ki Harer Bhakti Utpatoi Bhakti. उत्पात and by following bhakti bhakti he going to go to vaikuntha so access to vrindavan will be possible therefore krishna appeared as a devotee now when this devotee krishna is worshiped through bhakti bhakti then the gate to vrindavan opens up this is the simple understanding devotee krishna is worshiped through bhakti 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 means following the scriptural injunction What is the way? What is the scriptural injunction to serve Chaitanya Mahaprabhu? Jagai Sankirtana Prayas. This personality of Krishna is worshipped by Sankirtan Jagai. So through Sankirtan, you serve Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The gate to gateway, gate to Vrindavan will open in course of time. So. <clears throat> This is the uh, way. Serving Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the way to go to Vrindavan. But to try to these people they concoct like these are all called they, these people are called sadhakas. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu gave a very simple way to go to Vrindavan or achieve spiritual perfection, but they want to even more simplify it. 
And how do you simplify it? Just to give you an idea, this one group called Baul, their process is that since Krishna had an affair with Srimati Radharani, who was not his wife, to really understand that mood, you have to get somebody else's wife to become your companion. <laughs> and they literally elope somebody else's wife and they become their partner in their so this is so you can see like it was so degraded, it was so unpalatable, it was so disgusting, their activities that the cultured, educated people did not want to have anything to do with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu because they thought that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings are these activities. So this is how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings became covered completely. So Bhakti Vinod Thakur came at a time like that and he revived Mahaprabhu's pure teachings. When the educated, intelligent, cultured community of Bengal were completely oblivious of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings, Bhakti Thakur appeared as a very, very educated, very intellectual, very cultured, and one of the brightest individuals of his time. He was a government officer, very high-ranking government officer. He was a deputy magistrate in the British India. And he was so brilliant that uh, there is a community, uh, one religious group that was developing at that time in order to prevent, in order to stop the Hindus becoming Christian. Many, many educated Indians at that time, due to the British education and British influence, were giving up their Hindu background and becoming Christians. So, <clears throat> to stop that, some thoughtful individuals, leading reformers of the society, they started a new thing, new culture, which is a, which was a kind of a blend between Christianity and Vedanta. That's called Brahma Samaj. They're very prominent, and most of the educated people were actually becoming becoming members of this community, which was started by some very important personalities, like Rabindranath Tagore's grandfather, Dwarkanath, Prince Dwarkanath Thakur, and <clears throat> some of his friends actually started this community. And a little new religious group, actually, Brahma Samaj. And in that community, Bhakti Vinod Thakur was a big catch. They were they got Bhakti Vinod Thakur also to become uh, become their member. They were trying to get him. So Bhakti Vinod Thakur also was sympathetic towards their cause. But one day, <coughs> when they asked Bhakti Vinod Thakur to give a lecture, in that lecture, Bhakti Vinod Thakur simply spoke about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. <laughs> And he actually, with all good intention, he actually presented that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching is the solution, the real solution to this problem 
is Mahaprabhu's teaching. Because through Mahaprabhu's teaching, if it is properly presented, that not only the Hindus will stop becoming Christians, but the Christians will become the followers of the Vedic culture. That was Bhakivinoda Thakur's presentation. But those people could understand that. They just thought that he's a lost cause and then <laughs> tried to pursue him anymore. But Bhaktivinoda Thakur took up that cause. He wanted to re-establish. He saw that this is it. Ultimately, who is Bhaktivinoda Bhaktivinoda Thakur is an associate of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Krishna. He is and he is a manjari. Manjari, Bhaktivinoda Thakur Swarup, spiritual identity has been disclosed. He is a manjari. Manjari is under young uh, gopis who actually assist the elderly gopis, the sakhis, in Krishna's pastimes. They are called manjaris. Like Rupa Manjari, Ananga Manjari, Raga Manjari, Rasa Manjari. Bhaktivinoda Thakur is a Manjari who is known, which is known as Kamala Manjari. So that is Bhaktivinoda Thakur's spiritual identity. That has been disclosed to the So Bhaktivinoda Thakur uh, took up that cause. In one hand, he is a uh, personality coming from a very aristocratic background. His grandfather was a big landlord. His family was, he himself wrote the lineage of his family. It goes back and they have incredible contribution to the society, his forefathers, his ancestors. And his, from his mother's side, uh, he was, his grandfather was a big landlord not too far from Mayapur in a place called Birnagar. To go to Mayapur, those of you who have traveled to Mayapur by train, you have gone to Krishnanagar station. That, that's the last station where you get down and then from there you take a transport. And so the station before Birnagar, Krishnanagar is Birnagar. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur was born in Bhinagar in his maternal grandfather's house. And he spent uh, first his early days in that area, in that house, in his grand grandfather's house. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur was brought up in a, born in a very aristocratic family in Bengal, educated with British education. Those days, uh, the the British had influenced, spread their influence very effectively in the <coughs> culture and high class society by, give, by through their education system. Like the missionaries, the, the missionaries, English missionaries used to go there and set up schools. And uh, this is how they actually influenced the Indians. They gave them the English education and through that education they actually uh, uh, made them 
so influenced that they, they practically became their agents. And through them, they actually ruled the country. They educated them in the British education. Now, who go for education? The high class people go for education, especially those days. And when this high class community who are the head of the society, they are educated with the British education, then naturally they will develop some sort of allegiance to the British. And this is how then the British gave them big, big positions. And through that, through that, so you can see Bhaktivinoda Thakur also. He got, he was educated with British education. Then he got a big position in the British government. He was a magistrate. So he actually, in, a, in an apparent way, he became a puppet in their hands. I mean, he should have, he would have been a puppet in their hands. That's in one side. But on the other side, uh, he is now promoting Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching. But it was so difficult to establish Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching because Bhaktivinoda Thakur heard about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching, but he did not get it in a concrete form, in the form of a book. He was just, it's only by hearing through some of genuine followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu that he actually came across Mahaprabhu's teaching. And it was so, Mahaprabhu's teachings were so badly obscured that at that time to find even Chaitanya Charitamrita, he was looking for a Chaitanya Charitamrita, he knew that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's life and teachings had been most wonderfully presented through Chaitanya Charitamrita. He started to look for Chaitanya Charitamrita. But in Bengal, in entire Bengal, he could find a single copy. <laughs> he searched for eight years. After eight years of search, he got one copy. That also not in Bengal, but in Odisha. So this is how Bhaktivinoda Thakur started to revive. So after he got the copy of Chaitanya Charitamrita, he saw that the nectar that was there, he immediately wanted to distribute it. So he wrote, uh, he gave and his commentary called Omrita Pravaho Bhashya. His commentary is known as a flow of nectar. <laughs> Literally, it's a flow of nectar. With that commentary, Bhaktivinoda Thakur presented Chaitanya Charitamrita. We printed it. Then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu started to bring these teachings of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and started to give his commentary. He started a newspaper and in this way Bhaktivinoda Thakur started to revive Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Sankirtan. Bhaktivinoda Thakur just in a very wonderful way he started the revival. And that's why one very prominent person in Bengal, known as Hishi Kumar Ghosh, who actually had a, who was running a very prominent newspaper, both English and Bengali. He was a very important person of Bengal at that time. And a, a big ardent follower of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he identified Bhaktivinoda Thakur as the seventh Goswami. The sixth Goswamis of Vrindavan, 
were there. And it's very appropriate also, we can see that how the naming him as the seventh Goswami, how appropriate it was. Because the six Goswamis were assigned by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to, to revive, to retrieve the, the holy places of Krishna's pastimes, the places of Krishna's pastimes in Vrindavan, and to revive Mahaprabhu's teachings through scriptural support, scriptural evidence. Nana Shastra Vicharinai Kunam Concerning various scriptures, the six Goswamis established the teaching of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which is the most substantial form of religion. He established it. And they rediscovered or retrieved the places of Krishna's pastimes and Now, Srila Bhakti Thakur did the same thing in Navarra. Mahaprabhu's dham disappeared after Mahaprabhu's disappeared and his teachings disappeared. So Bhakti Vinod Thakur actually started the revival. But he was a high-ranking government officer, so he did not have much time himself. Therefore, he prayed to Lord Jagannath. Yes, at that time, Bhakti Vinod Thakur was the, uh, the uh, magistrate, the person in charge of that district the area of Jagannath And he also became the custodian of the Jagannath Puri from on behalf of the government. So he, <clears throat> while serving Lord Jagannath as a government official, he prayed to Lord Jagannath in Jagannath Puri to send him, a, send him an appropriate to continue his mission. And as a result of his prayer, as we all know, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings were lost. His dham was lost. Again, Bhakti Vinod Thakur actually discovered Mayapur. I'm sure all of you know that. Mayapur actually was lost. After Chaitanya Mahaprabhu withdrew his pastimes, Mayapur also disappeared. There was a flood, there was a massive flood. And the whole of Navadri were covered in the flood for a long time. And Mayapur was lost. Navadri was lost. Then later on, some unscrupulous individuals they concocted some place and started to promote that this is Mahaprabhu's birthplace, this is Sri Vashankar, this is Advaita Baba, this is Vishnu Priya House and so forth. Now initially Bhakti Vinod Thakur also accepted that. But yeah, another thing is Bhakti Vinod Thakur was so keen, so attached to stay close to Mayapur Navati that he, pro 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 he appealed to the British government. He applied to the government to, pro to transfer him in that area. But when the government didn't want to comply to his request, Bhaktivinoda Thakur was so adamant that they actually succumbed to his pressure. 
Bhaktivinoda Thakur wanted to resign. And to him, uh, staying close to Mahaprabhu's dham was more important than his big position as deputy magistrate. So he wanted to resign. So then the government was forced to transfer him. So that's how he got his position, his assignment uh, in Krishna. But Bhaktivinoda Thakur stayed in Godru. Which is now known as Sarupan, which was good uh, 70 kilometers from Krishnanagar. And so one morning, one night, Bhaktivinoda Thakur was on his roof. Yeah, first of all, he had some doubts because he saw the description in the scripture of Navati that is on the uh, on the eastern side of eastern bank of Ganga is this Mayapur Dham where Chaitanya Mahaprabhu appeared. But this Mayapur that is going on in the name of Mayapur is on the western bank. And there is no evidence of Shikanga shifting so much that time. Another thing, he, this way he started to consider that uh, the when Mahaprabhu took the uh, demonstration to protest against Kaji's, uh, Kaji's uh, verdict that no one would be able to chant the holy name of the Lord, millions of people actually went to Kaji at night in a procession which could have turned quite violent actually. But Chaitanya Mahaprabhu stopped there. So, there is no description of call, crossing the Ganges. So, in this way, he started to wonder, you know, why this thing is not fitting into the description of the scriptures, like Bhakti Ratnakar and other scriptures. So, one day, when Bhakti Vinodhakar was on his roof, he actually saw the, a light the, on the other side of the river, Jalati, Saraswati. The place lit up and he saw a beautiful, he got a vision of a beautiful city, beautiful palatial buildings and temples. And he, it was just a vision, he just got the vision and then he one was wondering, what was this? So he asked his clerk, who was also, they were working at that time. He was working, doing some official work and his assistant, his clerk was there. So he asked his clerk whether he saw anything. The clerk said, no, he didn't see anything. And then he asked his son, uh, most surely it was Bhaktisiddhanta but he saw something and he also described that he had the same vision but Bhakti Vinod Thakur So next morning Bhakti Vinod Thakur went across the river and went to that place and he found a strange sight. There was a neem tree and around the neem tree there was a forest of tulasis. And <clears throat> so and then asking the local people, they found he found out that this was the village of the Muslims. 
Now, tulsi do not grow like that, wide. And uh, tulsi in a Muslim village is unheard of. <laughs> so, so Bhaktivinoda Thakur uh, became very, uh, uh, he started to wonder, is this the place of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's birthplace? And so to confirm me, Bhaktivinoda Thakur yeah, then he found out another thing. When he asked the villagers, what's the name of the village? They called that the name of the village is Miyapur. <laughs> now, actually, with time, Mayapur, due to the Muslim influence, has become Miyapur. <laughs> Mia in Muslim means Mr. A respectable man. Miyapur. Mayapur has become Miyapur. So he's that neem tree, uh, he knew that Mahaprabhu appeared under a neem tree. Neem tree surrounded by a forest of tulasis. And then uh, the name of the place is also Miyapur. And so uh, <clears throat> in order to confirm that, Bhaktivinoda Thakur got Jagannathar Babaji. Because he thought Jagannatha Babaji Maharaj was the most celebrated Vaishnava at that time. So, and he was 140 years old. He couldn't move. He couldn't walk. His his servant Bihari used to put him on a basket. If he had to go somewhere, he used to carry him on a basket on his head. And you have seen the picture of Jagannatha Babaji Maharaj. With age, his body has become bent. And so Bhaktivinoda Thakur arranged to bring Jagannatha Babaji Maharaj to the site. And to everyone's great amazement, Jagannatha Babaji Maharaj jumped out of his sitting position and he started to dance in ecstasy saying, this is the place of Mahaprabhu's birth. This is the place of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's birth. And not only was dancing, he was dancing, jumping five, six feet high. <laughs> and that was... Uh, uh, so that's why Jagannatha Babaji Mahanandha's prayer goes like, Gauravi Mahabhunastam Nirdeshta Satchanupra Vaishnava Sarva Goma Sri He has been identified as Sarva Goma. Sarva Goma means the supreme monarch of the planet. There are kings, rajas, then maharajas, great kings. Above them, that is a samrat. And above samrat is a Sarva so, in the community of the Vaishnavas, Jagannatha Babaji Maharaj's position was the topmost. So, he was the Vaishnava Sarva Goma. And <clears throat> Gauravi, one who identified the birthplace of Sri Chaitanya Gauravi Nirdeshna. Nirdeshna means pointing out, pointing out. So, in this way, Jagannatha Babaji Maharaj reconfirmed that this was the birthplace of Sri Chaitanya Then Bhakti Vinod Thakur actually uh, built a temple there to mark 
Mahaprabhu was birthplace of the Jogopita. So in this way, Bhaktivinoda Thakur not only revived Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching, he also retrieved the place or places of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes. In this way, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission was revived by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. He was the, like we see, during Mahaprabhu's time, the whole of India was inundated by Krishna consciousness. Then, Krishna consciousness practically disappeared. And the revival of the Krishna consciousness movement actually started by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. And then came Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati Thakur. He gave the thrust to this revival movement. And then came our spiritual master in divine grace, Bhakti Vedanta Swami Prabhupada. And he actually gave the dimension, the full shape to the Sankirtan movement by spreading it all over the world according to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's prediction. And then in order to continue the mission, Srila Prabhupada has established his we have to understand that Srila Prabhupada is the personality who came to revive this Krishna consciousness movement. And now his mission will continue through the institution of his collective. Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasri Thakur actually wanted to do that. Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasri Thakur told his disciples to do that. And Prabhupada said, told us that because they didn't do that, his institution fell apart. And that's why to revive that Prabhupada had to come. And yeah, we have to understand this is the arrangement of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. These three personalities, Bhakti Vinod Thakur, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, Srila Prabhupada. The same mission is not different. It's only getting different, uh, further dimension, further magni. Expansion and uh, different magnitude and different magnitude. And this movement uh, is going to go on. And we are seeing ISKCON is going on. Uh, 34 years after Prabhupada's disappearance, ISKCON is going on. Mm-hmm. Although there has been difficulties, Prabhupada himself said, after an Acharya leaves the planet, there is bound to be. There is bound to be crisis. After an Acharya leaves the planet, there is bound to be crisis. And an Acharya like Srila Prabhupada left, how can we expect that there won't be any crisis? So there has been crisis, but the crisis has been averted. One after another attacks have come on Islam in various ways. But because of this collective endeavor of the devotees, jointly functioning as an institution, those crises have been averted and overcome. And ISKCON is, we are seeing, ISKCON is becoming stronger and stronger. And so many wonderful things are happening all over the world. Loyalty followers of Srila Prabhupada are achieving so much. And it is due to their collective endeavor, Krishna consciousness movement is spreading, it's getting such a 
It's becoming the passing of time, we are seeing that it's becoming more and more powerful. And this movement is here to stay. In Gauriyamar, three days after, their dis after the disappearance of Shri Bhakti Siddhanta Sharashwati Thakur, his followers started to fight. <coughs> and as a result of that, you can see that everything fell apart. But in Iskon, 34 years after Shri Prabhupada's disappearance, Iskon is still there. And not only there, it is becoming stronger and stronger. And we can see that devotees of Iskon are following Shri Prabhupada's teachings. Yes, some mistakes have been made in the past, but because of their sincerity, the devotees, when somebody realizes that he makes a mistake, made a mistake, he rectifies that mistake. So yes, no? devotees of Srila Prabhupada are followers of Srila Prabhupada, made mistakes, but through the mistakes they have learned their lessons, and as a result of that, they became more mature, the, and the institution has become more secure. And <clears throat> this movement is here to stay, and this is that this is non different from Bhakti Thakur's mission. This is Bhakti Thakur's mission. This is Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati Thakur's mission. And this is their, it's, this is our real family. Srila Prabhupada, Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati Thakur, Bhakti Thakur, and all the way it goes to Sri To go back to what you know, Thakur again, he was such a brilliant personality. Not only did he write in Bengali, he also wrote in Sanskrit. And not only did he write in Bengali and Sanskrit, he wrote also in English. Now writing is one thing, even more difficult is to present the ideas in the form of poetry. And Bhakti Vinod Thakur wrote uh, essays, novels, uh, teachings, philosophical treatises, and uh, many of them had been presented in the poetry. That reminds me, one brilliant work of Bhakti Vinod Thakur, which is actually the essence of, <laughs> which is the essence of the Vedic teachings, the essence of Vedic philosophy is uh, a writing by Bhakti Vinod Thakur called Jaivadhar. It has been translated into English also, those who want can read that. Uh, anyway, he started to distribute that a little prematurely, even before I told. I was just going to uh, read one poetry by Bhakti Vinod Thakur. Where's the second person? The book. <clears throat> Actually, this is uh, another essence of the Vedic wisdom, Vedic philosophy, Vedic teaching. He just presented in one poetry called Shadagrahi Vaishnava. And 20, it has 22 stanzas. Uh, I actually selected a few of them. It's maybe I'll just go through only those 10 stanzas that have been given out as print out. Uh, <clears throat> but we don't have to see how he has uh, 
giving us the, the essential teaching of Krishna consciousness. He's saying, first of all, it's uh, written in poetry. And not only in poetry, often English poetry doesn't very strictly follow the meter and rhyme. Most of the English poets are free flowing writing. But Bhaktivinoda Thakur is maintaining a very strict concept of meter and rhyme. Like you can see, alas for those who spend their days in festive mirth and joy, the dazzling deadly liquid forms their hearts forever employ. See the meter? The meter is three, three, four. Three, three, four. And the rhyme, the rhyme, festive, marked and joy, forever, heart forever employ. <laughs> so, and uh, he is maintaining that rhyme and meter throughout. So, alas for those, like Dr. Vinodhakar is saying, I pity those, I alas for those who spend their days, who spend their time in festive mark and joy, in useless endeavor for sense gratification, they are trying to enjoy this material energy. What is this material energy like? The dazzling, the allurement of the material nature is dazzling yet deadly and liquid. It's, it's temporary. It's liquid. There is no, in, the form is there, like in a fountain. There is a form, but that form is not there, it's just water. Uh, the dazzling, deadly, liquid forms, their hearts forever employ. Their heart is always attracted to this allurements of this material nature, which is dazzling, yes, brilliant, so attractive. But you go deep into it, what you think is deadly. And that form is liquid. Uh, Prabhupada spoke about, about the liquid beauty. <laughs> so that's how uh, temporary it is. The shining bottles charm their eyes and draw their hearts and breasts. The slaves of wine can never rise from what we call disgrace. Our condition in this material nature is like a bunch of drunkards. <laughs> a drunkard, uh, a shining bottle of whiskey, <laughs> charm their eyes and draw their hearts and breasts. And slaves of wine can never rise from what we call this grace. <clears throat> then I'm skipping a few stanzas. Actually, I just selected a few. So, the flesh is not our own alas. Look, what a beautiful presentation. The flesh is not our own alas. The mortal frame a chain. The soul confined for former wrongs will try to rise again. This body made of flesh and bones is not our own, alas. This modern frame is actually a chain. 
with which we are tied down to this material nature. And the soul has become confined, imprisoned in this body. Why? For our former wrongs, for our past misdeeds. But the soul will try to rise again when it comes across the right personality. Why then this childish claim that which cannot be our own, which falls within a hundred years as if a rose are blown? So why in this childish play in this body which is so temporary, like uh, a rose so beautifully blooms, but then again with time it's just withers and the petals are thrown away. Similarly, this body will also disappear, five elements. <clears throat> but then a voice, how deep and soft, within ourselves is felt. Man, man, thou art immortal soul, thee death can never melt. The spiritual master comes and makes us hear the voice of the super soul. But then a voice, how deep and soft, within ourselves is felt. Says left. Anyway, man, man, thou art immortal soul. Brings us the message that we are immortal and death can never melt us. In death we do not die, we do not perish. O love, thy power and spell benign, now melt my soul to God. How can my earthly words describe that feeling soft and broad? So we have this love in us. In everyone's heart there is love. This love is actually meant to be offered to the Supreme Personality of God. And so that let that love melt my soul to God. And then what happens? How can my earthly words describe that feeling soft and brown? Forget the past that sleeps and never, the future dream at all. But act in time that are with thee, and progress we shall call. Forget the past, that is, that sleeps, that's gone. There's no way it's going to come back. And never dream about the future, because what's the use? Whatever is there, whatever will be, will be. Kesara sara. <laughs> But act in time that are with thee. Act in the time that is with you, the present that is there with you. So act on that. And progress thee shall come. That will be your real progress. Maintain thy post in spirit word as firmly as you can. Let, ne let ma never matter push you down. Or stand heroic man. The real heroism, real brevado, will be to stand on our spiritual position and never waver from there. Maintain thy post in spirit world as firmly as you can. Let never matter push thee down or stand heroic man. 
O Sharagrahi Vaishnava soul, thou art an angel fair. Lead, lead me on to Vrindavan and spirits power declare. A Vaishnava has been compared to a Sharagrahi Vaishnava. Sharagrahi means one who takes the essence. Like a swan. You give a swan a mixture of milk and water. You know what the swan will do? Swan has a very specific, special quality, ability. The swan will just take the milk and leave the water. So, in the world of spirit and matter, where this world is a combination, mixture of matter and spirit. So, what does a Vaishnava do? Vaishnava simply accepts the spiritual and rejects the matter. So, that's why Vaishnava is compared to a swan. Hamsa or Paramahamsa. O Sharagrahi Vaishnava soul, thou art an angel fair. You are an, you are a fair angel. Lead, lead me on to Vrindavan and spirit's power declare. Lead me on to Vrindavan and declare the power of the spirit soul. Declare the identity of the Supreme Personality. <coughs> There rests my soul from matter free upon my lover's arms. Eternal peace and spirit's love are all my chanting charms. <laughs> so, should we sing this song? <laughs> it's just too big. <laughs> Let's sing this song. Do you allow me to do that? Yes. <laughs> Swamaj Prabhu. We must have the permission of this. No, please. <laughs> Alas, for those that spend their days in Draw their hearts in 
The shining bottles charm their eyes and draw their hearts and bells. The flames of wine can never rise from what we call his Thank you. 
and my heart came was his cry that feeling soft and brown.
Thank uh-huh. you.